I love preaching. I can listen to it all day. And I do. But you know, all these things are weariness of the flesh. Fellowship is weariness of the flesh. Music is weariness of the flesh. Playing it or singing it, listening to it. I mean, it'll, it'll wear you out. But we, we spent uh, almost three hours uh, just listening to music last night. It'll wear you out. But it's good. It's good. So, so what we do is we, we try to, you know, compartmentalized, I say it right? And, and we, we sing and we preach. But for the next few moments, we're going to preach. Amen. It's not just what Dan Gunther has to say, because that would be boring. In fact, that would be uh, a waste of time. But we're literally going to look into what the Word of God has to say. And that's what we did this morning with Sunday school. It's what we do with every service. Uh, we open up the Word of God and see what God has to say about it. Amen. I, uh, I, I used to work for a na man named Bill Birchmeyer and a framing crew. <clears throat> and uh, we had our little recession in the early 2000s. I was just coming out of high school. And um, um, I was at that age, you know, as a young man where you start working on your own and, you know, just making things happen. And I had a little truck and a trailer that I would start doing side jobs. But I'm still working a full-time job, doing side jobs on the side. And um, th there came a point where, because of recession or whatever we want to call it at that time, the company I was working for, was, he couldn't keep anybody really busy. There was just a couple of us left, maybe three of us left on the, uh, on all, between all of his crews. And it would have been better for me to just leave. It would have helped him out. He wouldn't have to stress about keeping work for me. So his work was on the incline, and my side work was on the... His work was on the decline. My work was on the incline. And he told me, he says, son, don't, don't, ever, don't ever be scared to take on a job. He said, because he said, there's a lot of people that will walk away from a job because they're too scared to do it. Said, don't be scared. Every job is just one step at a time, and you work your way through it. And that has stuck with me throughout the years. And, 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 and I've done some big, like, roofing jobs particularly. I did a lot of roofing for a lot of years on my own. And there are jobs that you would look at and think, well, that's impossible by yourself, literally by yourself, 40 square homes. But you know what? You know what? If I do that side of the house, I could tear it off a shinglet one day. You can tear that off a shinglet one day. And before you know it, in three or four days, you got a house done. And all of a sudden, it's not such a big, it's a big project, but all of a sudden, it's not this mountain giant that you can't defeat. And so is with our Christian walk. Man, it's so hard to live right. Oh, it's so hard. It's, it's really not. If you're trying to put yourself up to this, this standard of, man, whoever that person is, I have to be just like them. Well, that's, that's just silliness. All we got to do is, hey, uh, today I'm going to live for the Lord. And then the next day comes, I'm going to live for the Lord. Next thing you know, you're a week in, and, 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 and man, somebody's looking at you saying, oh, I wish I could be just like them. When all you're doing is just, Trying to live for the Lord the best that you can. I knew a preacher at, uh, we used to go do a tent meeting every year. Um, we used to do seven or eight tent meetings a year, um, singing-wise. And, and, and one is in Weberville. And, and the pastor would always say this. Uh, Larry Bell was always there, too. But the pastor would say this, Pastor Gashi. Uh, he would say that he only has to serve God for one day. Today. 
He does the same thing. Tomorrow comes in, he says, I only got to serve God for one day. He goes, it's a lot easier to just serve God today. That's all I got to do. He goes, and I know that if I just serve God today, then I don't have to worry about 10 years from now. I just got to serve God today and do what's right today. We look at the word of God and we say, we can never read this entire thing. Oh, my goodness, what a mountain, what a giant. It's way too much. But if we just read it every day, you say, hey, today I'm going to read the word of God. Next thing you know, a few months from now, you got this much done. What's the, what's the numbers? Uh, uh, four chapters a day is the Bible in a year, roughly. Am I saying that right? Ten chapters a day is six months. That's not a lot. That, that's really not crazy. Yeah, I know, some chapters are long. Well, some chapters are short. Some books are hard to get through. Leviticus, hello, numbers. Ah. But you could read two chapters here. Go to the New Testament, read two chapters. Keep track of what you're doing. It's not this mountain. That it, oh, but, but at the end of the day, if, if, if I could have a motto, uh, a, 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 a one-line statement that I've learned about people being pastor, even before I was pastor, people do what they want to do. People do what they want to do. We say, help me, Lord. Help. No, it's not. Lord's standing there going, I'm not, you're not a robot. You want to do it, do it. You want to be faithful, be faithful. He's not going to force us to do anything. When we pray, like, Lord, help me. Do no, no, Lord, help me. No, just read. Just be faithful. Just study. Get involved, and all of a sudden, the blessings will start flowing. We make time to read the Bible because it's important. We make time for whatever we think is important for us. That's what we make time for. You can't read God's word and not be moved. That's why it's so good, and David really talks about it, it's so good to start our day by reading God's word. Wow, what a difference it will make to the rest of your day. Amen. It's emotional. It's convicting. It brings our filthy rags into perspective of what we really are. Because when we're, the more we get away from the Word of God, the more we think that we're somebody. The more that we think we deserve this. The more that whatever, all of a sudden the flesh starts to show itself. As opposed to, thank you God for letting me live today. Thank you God that I have breath to breathe. Thank you God that I, I have the ability to go to church. Thank you God that I have a job to go to. Thank you God for my family. All of a sudden, reality perspective comes into effect by reading through the mirror and the reflection of the word of God. Matthew chapter 27 verse 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying truly this was the son of God and we could stay right there and just preach. Let's move on verse 55. And many women were there beholding afar off which followed Jesus from Galilee ministering unto him. Boy, you want to talk about importance of women. Well, that, 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 there's a statement right there. Among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. Mary Magdalene was there. She saw what Jesus went through on the cross. Brother Shine, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir?
it used to be, like, I think throughout the time, uh, I don't know, but as long as I ever have known, that pastors didn't really like putting titles on their messages or labels on their messages, and I completely understand that. I started preaching here and there before we really needed to go on the Internet, right? Before we did, I should say. And um, because, because if you put a label on a title or le- a, a title on a message, people are going to be just more drawn to whatever that title is, right? right? If, you, if you make a music video on, uh, um, uh, when I was young, I used to watch country music videos, right? Um, uh, this is a horrible example, but it's in my head. Uh, I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the, right? I have it in my mind how that goes. Then you watch this music video. It's like, well, that's not how I at all envisioned it. And the same goes for a message. You put a title on it, and, and, and all of a sudden it might, you know, if you don't put a title on it, boy, it just seems like God could move more without a title than with a title, right? Not that we... Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, amen. That being said, the title of this message is really what the only point is. I only have one point. It's called the depth of worship, as you already know. And the, and, and, and the only reason I'm, I really want to point that out right now is as we read these scriptures, as I preach this message, I, I really hope that we would have that in the back of our mind, the depth of worship. The depth of worship. Let's continue reading verse 57. And when the evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own tomb. When he had hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene. And the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. You know, just being there shows support. Just being there shows support. Even if if you can't help, what what does Pastor Ammon always say? The best ability is availability. Amen. Uh, (laughs) Amen. Things like, it's like when I hear things from my dad that I've heard a thousand times. I know, I know. But I find myself saying it because it's true. It's true. Amen. Um, me and Miss Darla talked in the past about the importance of holding a flashlight. You know, she's got some stories, as I'm sure we all do. But, but, but how it goes a long ways. Um, I remember, um, and I think I saw it pulling, pulling out of the parking lot or pulling on my driveway going to another job but um, brother Zollers wanted to be a blessing to Pastor Ammon by rototilling his garden and this is when uh, when Pastor Ammon was just just in the middle of all his sickness and we all know he wanted that garden running but he just couldn't take care of it or really run it and um, so brother Zollers went over there and rototilled the garden for him well Pastor Ammon just to show support Man, that's important. He went out there and just laid out by the garden next to him, literally laid on the ground, throwing up occasionally. You say he didn't have to do that. He didn't need to do that. He shouldn't have done that. Check all those boxes. But he was showing moral support. Hey, I'm going to be here. I can't do nothing, but I want to be a blessing. Let you know that I'm supporting what you're doing, even though I can't do nothing. That goes a long ways. 
excuse me, sometimes Rachel will, <clears throat> she's done it, she does it all the time, but she, she'll do it, uh, she's done it a lot lately too, is <clears throat> just to be with me, she'll, she'll just pull up a chair wherever I'm working and just, we'll just talk while I'm working. That's a blessing. I enjoy the fellowship, but it shows support. <clears throat> I love our church work days. Man, we come together, we get a lot done. Having a, The more bodies makes it easier all the time. It shows unification, amen. You say, well, what's that got to do with anything, amen. You'll see. <clears throat> Mary Magdalene, she's on her way to the tomb of Jesus, not knowing uh, how she, she's going to even get the stone rolled away. Like, she's going there. She, she's going there, not even knowing if she's even going to look inside the tomb. That, that's not even thinking that, that. But she's going there to worship. As in, she was going to do anything she could and just let God do the rest. None of us here this morning are worthy to worship the Lord. We're just not. We're just a pile of sin. The only thing that makes us anything is we're a bunch of Mephibosheths in, 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 in outside of the righteousness that God has given us. Because it's his righteousness. We're just, he's just shining through us if you're born again. He desires our praise. And, and sometimes we have this mindset, well, I'll go to church and I'll worship and, and I'll do this and I'll worship. Well, wouldn't it be good if we just were going to worship no matter what? No, no matter what. And, and you say, well, we just had a worship service. Sure. Singing praise hymns is a worship service, absolutely. Um, so is working in the back, that's worshiping God. So is cutting the grass, it's worshiping God. Tithing, giving offerings, worshiping God. Uh, hospital visits, worshiping God. Studying for a message, worshiping God. Whatever, the list goes on and on. But if we would have this mindset of worship and not put worship in a little box of here's our time on Sunday, but if we would just worship the Lord with everything that we have, all of a sudden we can worship him going to work, at work. We can worship the Lord by being a, a testimony to, 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 to our, our people we work with. We have this idea of worship that, that it's limited and it's... Uh, I thank God for Mary Magdalene. She had a mindset to worship no matter what. As far as she knew, that stone was just going to be sealed up and she wasn't really going to be able to do much but to be there. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. I, uh, a lot of times as a pastor and as a Christian, my flesh cannot see how God's going to do something. There's no way he's going to give me that job. There's no way that God's going to 
allow this bill to get paid because that just there's just no way it's going to happen. There's no way that that person's going to get saved. They've been living wrong for so many years. There's no way that person's going to get right. They've been backslid for so many years. There's these thoughts that come into your mind, but we're flesh. And it's that same fleshly mindset where it's like, well, I can only worship God so much. My circumstance will hinder my worship. Not for Mary Magdalene. Not for Mary. Which, by the way, she didn't have the greatest of reputations. But Mark chapter 16, verse 1. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll the stone away from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. They didn't even know if they could accomplish what they came for, but they were going to do everything they could to worship she didn't come to expect to see Jesus resurrected. She came to the sepulcher to worship the Son of God. Why? Because he is worthy. No other reason. I hope that you didn't come this morning to impress your wife or to impress your husband or, or, or to impress the pastor. It, it doesn't work that way. Even if I was impressed, that doesn't mean anything. But we, we worship for the Lord because he's worthy. Because we're nothing. I love that song. I don't really know it, but he's really all that matters when this life is over. Across Jordan's chilly waters, something, something. He really matters to me. I mean, that, that's all that matters is Jesus Christ. So why don't we worship him like it's all that matters? Why? Because we're so consumed with the things that are coming in our everyday life our doctor's appointments, our busy schedule, our kids, our extended family, that all these re realities happen. And we lose sight of what's important. It would be wonderful if we had the same worship mindset as Mary coming to worship no matter what. No matter what drama's going on in your life, no matter who you're mad at, no matter who you're bitter at, you're not coming for them. Come to worship the Lord. Uh, I know sometimes we have a long day. Worship anyways. Sometimes you have a, a rough week. Worship anyways. Uh, we've had a rough five weeks. Especially the first week. It was, it was very rough. What did we do? And we worshiped God through it. We came and we worshiped with the fellowship of the brethren Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We worshiped. We fellowshiped. So well, I got a lot going on. Man, take time to worship anyways because that's more important than whatever you have that's going on. So how are we going to pay our bills at the end of the month? I don't know. But what I do know is, hey, worship the Lord. Spend some time in prayer. So well, I don't know how God's going to, you know, what are you doing for the Lord? Sometimes I'll get a prayer request of somebody that wants something, and, and they, you might see them once a year in church or something, just using a random example. They want God to move in their life even though they don't read, they don't pray, they don't study, they're part of zero ministry. 
They barely come to church, but they want God to move in their life. Well, we may not be on that level of that same person, but the same exact thing. We think that, uh, we, we, we think that God's going to move with what little we do for him. Shame on us. Shame on us. Sometimes things will happen in my life, and this will come together, I promise, but sometimes things will happen in my life, and I, I'll think, well, how on earth is God going to get the glory out of this? Because I know that we need to give God the glory. And everything is done uh, uh, for our benefit, amen, to them that love the Lord. That's not a statement that lost people can make. When I talk about peace that passes understanding, I'm thankful that everything that happens in my life, God allowed to happen for a reason whether for my benefit or for Rob's or for Ben or for Jimmy's. There's a reason that these things happen in my life. Sometimes you think, how is God going to get the glory out of the situation? And sometimes I don't know, but what am I going to do? You know what people do when hard times come? I'm not even going to pray. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not even going to go to church. I, I got too much drama in my life. No, forget you, Lord. I'm busy. I got too much going on. Stay over there. I, I can't even go to church. Too much going on in my life. Are you kidding me? You got more going on in your life? You need to be in church. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to spend time praying. That will help you in the hard times. But what do we do as people? No thanks. I got this under control. Sometimes it is hard. But I can tell you this, and I am so not, I am so not the Christian or the preacher that uh, points to everything and says, God's doing that, God's doing that. Oh, Jimmy uh, dropped his comb this morning. God wanted him to drop that comb. That way it's going to show Jimmy that, I don't know, he needs to eat. Not quit eating that ice cream flavors anymore. I mean, right? We, we can get silliness pointing the supernatural for every little thing, right? I, I do not like doing that. But what I do do, do do, is I love pointing back because I can look back and say, you know what? God moved in my life there and he did that and he did that. And it doesn't mean that, that in the moment, man, maybe God is doing something there. And it's good to acknowledge what God's doing. But man, I, I can certainly point back in my life at times where I just thought that made no sense. I, I, I got moments in my life right now, think about I'm literally just crying, putting brakes in my car, uh, crying, uh, putting tile down in the bathroom floor somewhere, crying, thinking that how on earth are the bills going to get paid because it makes no sense. So what did I do? I quit going to church. I quit reading my Bible. No. Are you kidding me? And so much the more as we see the day approaching. You know what? That makes no sense to me, but what am I going to do? Not rely on this guy because I can't cut. I'm going to rely on the Lord. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. I'm going to study my Bible more. I'm going to make sure I don't miss a church service. I want to show God that I'm trusting in you and not myself. Because sometimes things look pretty bad. Nothing can touch me that doesn't pass through his hand. That's a song we're singing, Amen. Mary Magdalene just wanted to be where Jesus was. And I guarantee you that there were naysayers saying, uh, Mary, uh, there's a big old stone there. You're not going to get in there to be able to anoint Jesus. 
Um, you can't do nothing with them spices. Leave it at home. You can't do it anyways because the circumstance says you can't worship him. Boy, we're good at saying our circumstance says we can't do fill in the blank. Can't go to church. Can't read my Bible. I'm so busy. Yeah, right. We spend hours a day for ourselves, if we were honest. I, I have been here almost nonstop every single night. And I, you know what? I still have watched TV with Rachel. Not a lot, but we've watched TV. I've gone out to eat a couple of times while we're making errands with Rachel. I've had hours and hours and hours extra this past five weeks. You say, well, you were busy. You know what? We make time for what we want to make time for. I still spent many hours studying and praying and reading. And yeah, I didn't spend as much time with Rachel as I wanted to, but we made some time here and there. And we need to make up time. Amen. Amen. But we're so good at saying our circumstance doesn't allow me. No, no, no. People do what they want to do. We make excuses for what we want to make excuses for. We say we're busy, but the God honest truth is we're not busy. We're just not busy. We're busy doing what we want to do. Amen. That wasn't even the thrust of the message. I don't know where that came from. Amen. Why did Mary Magdalene care so much? Why did Mary Magdalene care so much? Because she had a better understanding of where she came from. And this is true. You get, you get a Christian uh, that, like me. I was saved at a young age, uh, seven, just before I turned eight. Let's be honest. Well, some seven-year-olds are pretty bad. <laughs> but by and large, at seven years old, you, you haven't murdered anybody, right? But I did understand that I was a sinner and I was no good of myself and I needed Jesus Christ shed blood to save me. But then you'll have, you have these Christians who are just so awful. Paul, who would literally torture and imprison uh, Christians. Paul, when he was called Saul. He had a much better understanding of how wicked he was. Uh, 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 brother Neg Bob Nagowski, uh, he, I don't think most people don't know him. He was an awful, awful sinner, some big bike gang guy. Um, he was buddies with... Um, not Spurgeon, but it sounds like Spurgeon. What is it, Rachel? Oh, it's going to bug me now. Um, it's going to bug me because you probably know some of those names. Some awful people, but you know what? When they got saved, they had a better understanding of how sinful they were. And boy, they were able to worship God and glorify God so much the more because they had a better understanding of that. Mary Magdalene had a better understanding of how wicked she was Let's read out and we'll see about that. Look at this. Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary. And that, that's a statement of itself, the importance of women. But let's move on. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Whoa, think about that. I mean, Scripture doesn't spend much time on that, but makes a statement. Jesus cast seven devils out of her. You don't think she knew she was wicked? She, who, we don't know the atrocities that she caused. 
We don't know just how wicked she was. Now, the world wants to put a spin on her and make movies out of her. Uh, uh, how do you get wrong doctrine? By making speculations out of things that aren't there. By putting verses in between verses and building complete doctrines upon that. The world does the same thing. They'll take a speculation, make a complete doctrine out of it. And they'll say things about Mary Magdalene. And look, there's probably a lot of things that are true about Mary Magdalene, but the scripture doesn't tell us. We just know she was probably, uh, she probably did a lot of wicked things. Amen. If I had seven devils in me, I'd sure be thankful that somebody got them out. And you say, man, I can't even relate. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but do you realize if you're saved this morning, if Jesus Christ saved you this morning, that we were on our way to a burning hell for all of eternity and somebody saved us, we got something to be thankful for. Not only did Jesus bless her faithfulness, but he allowed her to be a blessing to others. Look at John chapter 20, verse 17. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Boy, can you imagine <laughs> seeing the tomb roll, being Mary Magdalene, seeing the tomb rolled away. And then Jesus appearing under her, and then saying, hey, go tell the others you saw me. She's probably on her way so excited, like, like, like she's never experienced. I, I can't even imagine how she felt. You say, well, what, what are you pointing to? She was so blessed because she took the time to worship. When it just seemed like worshiping was a complete waste of time. And God blessed her so much, not only to, to visit her first. I mean, women were especially nothing those days. So for God to, Jesus to visit her first was quite the statement. But man, to give her a blessing and say, hey, get, go give him a message for me. Wow. Wow. You think God's not going to bless you for worshiping? <clears throat> What, how's that song go, Rachel? The the the, the greater the, uh, the the greater the um, how's that go? Greater God's love will shine. What's the title of that? When, when the, the the harder time that we have, the 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 harder our circumstance, the greater the grace. It's just. The way it is, the grace is endless. And we think, well, God can never do this, this, and this. His grace and mercy is endless. Amen. Maybe God's never done nothing for you in your life. I think worship is hindered because we don't trust the Lord. I think our worship is hindered because we spend no time studying the Word of God. I think our worship is hindered because we spend no time in prayer. You say, well, God's never moved in my life. Well, maybe because, one, maybe you're not even saved. Man, if you're not saved, you need to get saved. That is the most important thing of anything ever. I 
I can tell you, I've only been a pastor for a few years, almost a few years. Assistant pastor, name it, anything but a bus driver. I've been a Christian for all my life. I've been a serious Christian since I was, oh, mid to late teenagers, where I really learned to love the Lord. And I can tell you that in working with people and dealing with issues and situations, that there is always mercy, there is always grace. It's not just in my life, but for other people's lives. Those, those, those bus kids that are in the trailer park, man, God's got so much grace and mercy for them. But the problem is we spend no time in any ministries we only want to just show up for a church service and not serve God in any capacity. And we expect God to bless. It was mentioned this morning, we don't want to give our prayer request, but we don't want to really pray for anybody else. We want just everyone to pray for us when we spend no time in prayer. We want God to bless us, but we don't worship him. Boy, God bless Mary Magdalene for the worship. Amen. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. I know that Mary Magdalene, I'm sure, did some awful things. Just like everyone in here, I'm sure, has done some awful things in our lives. But do you realize that even uh, with her having seven devils in her at one time, she is in the same exact situation, same exact position, eternal position as the pastor of Hope Baptist Church? She was on her way to a burning hell outside of Jesus Christ saving her. It don't matter where we came from, what we've done, how wicked we've been. Man, Jesus Christ is worth worshiping. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? We not deceive neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards. If we haven't get you, amen, it's in here somewhere, or you're not being honest. Nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We got a lot in common with Mephibosheth. We got a lot in common with the maniac of Gadara. We, oh, he's a maniac. He had demons in him. You know, really, um, he's just another soul that God saved. He was on his way to hell, but God saved him. He had problems, but God saved him. We think that we're better than everybody else. That hinders our worship. I, I am sure that Mary Magdalene didn't have the idea of, well, I'm not going to get up that early. That ruins my schedule. Well, I don't need to spend money on those spices and odors because, you know, I'm probably not going to get the tomb rolled away anyways, you know. No, thank God. She got up early. She's the first one there. She's going to anoint, uh, anoint him with uh, oils and spices, and she didn't even see how it was going to be possible. And it really wasn't, amen. But God blessed her worship. It was unhindered. It was humble. Our problem is, is that we want to minimize our sins. Turn to Psalms chapter 8. It'll be our last scripture in a moment. This is what we do, and I hear this all the time in the office. We want to minimize our sins. That's what we do as people. 
We want to justify the bad that we do. Or we want to justify our lack of worship for the Lord. We're cut from the same cloth. What a blessing it is to be saved and serving. Jesus was busy preaching to all the Old Testament saints in paradise, preparing to spend 40 days miraculously teaching and preaching in his resurrected body. I mean, this is, these are things that's happening. It was live. But for those moments before Jesus showed himself, all seemed lost. There was depression going around. There was murmuring. There was sadness. Many of the disciples, I'm sure, thought that it was over. They thought that the king was dead. Proverbs says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Proverbs 14, 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. If we could get off of our high horse and understand that we don't think right, we don't think right. Our culture, our time we live in, we are somebody. We're so sophisticated, but the fact is, we don't think right. And everything that we think of is curved to the flesh. If we allow our flesh to lead our thoughts, all you're going to find is heartache, depression, anxiousness, worry. Because why? You're leading with the flesh. You're leading with the flesh. In spite of the rejection from the religious crowd and the Jews and I'm sure many of the disciples, God was still and is still alive. He's still blessing the faithful and even sometimes allowing the faithful to share in the blessing. I'm thankful God, he's been so good to me and I so don't deserve it. You know, sometimes he allows me to be a blessing to somebody else. What a blessing. He was so good to Mary Magdalene. He even allowed her to be a blessing to somebody else. If we could just change our perspective to get out of our own thinking and have a worship mindset, no matter what. You know what? The weather's turning. It's going to be harder to come to church some days. Hey, if the roads are too bad, don't come to church. But when it's just because it's cold outside, you'd rather stay on your couch, please, please I would hope that you would say, you know what, I'm going to worship the, God, worship the Lord no matter what. When, when, when you don't feel like going over your prayer list in the morning, I, w- I would hope that you would say, you know what, I'm going to worship the Lord no matter what. Let's read this and we'll close. Psalms chapter 8, verse 1. O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with the glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea, O Lord, 
our God, O oh, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Do you understand that the more that we study the word of God, the greater our worship is? And the more that we study the word of God, the greater our worship is, the more that we're going to have a peace that passes all understanding. And the more that we study the word of God, the more that we're, we're going to understand, uh, the more our, our worship, the better our worship is going to be. Uh, amen. God can use that. And he's going to move in that like he's never moved before. Our flesh doesn't want to take time with this word. But this is, this is the source of all of our comfort. It's the source of all of our peace. It's the source of all of our direction. The problem is we as Christians literally don't even read it. Rachel read this in a month. I don't recommend it, but it's a few hours a day. Ten chapters a day. What's that? An hour? You can read the whole Bible in six months. Four measly chapters a day. You read, read the whole Bible in a year. It would literally make you a better husband, make you a better wife. Your worship would be better. Your depth of understanding would be greater. You would be a witness to your friends and your family. Oh my, if we would just worship the Lord with everything that we have, even when all hope seems lost. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to draw nigh to it.